News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Pete Callender here, 704-570-1110, 1-800-WBT-1110. A programming note that in about half an hour at 1.30, we're going to talk with Congressman Dan Bishop. And uh hope you stick around for that. I got a tweet here from Tim who says, uh, Holy crap, Pete, I grew up in Gastonia in the 80s. And I just heard somebody say that they moved into Gaston County for the schools. It just made my head explode. (laughs) Well, you know, everything changes. Uh, A couple of other tweets. This is from Mick Dellinger, who says, One Charlotte school is going to implement conflict resolution. And then the little rolling eyes emoji. Please, kids fight. They need to be held accountable. There needs to be severe punishment. So this was during the newscast you heard from Mark Muller. He talked about uh, Butler High School principal sends out the the letter to the parents and says, look, we're not going to tolerate this. Any kid that's in a fight or they're going to video a fight, they're going to get penalized. If you don't disperse from a fight, you're going to get in trouble. If you start uh, shooting video of the fight, rather than dispersing, you're going to get in trouble. And then there was the other thing about conflict resolution, which I think, yeah, I don't know. I saw this actually on TV, and they were all saying uh, they bring everybody together. They have this, you know, there's like a beef. There's some an argu- There's an argument of some kind. And they all start saying, um, uh, settle it in the usual way, settle it in the usual way. And then they, like the whole like the whole village comes together and they all have like these really big arms and then they arm wrestle. So like, I think that's what they're talking about there. It was a documentary. I think. Who is this? Martha. Welcome to the program. Hello, Martha. How are you? I'm fine. (laughs) I was just commenting about that tweet that I agree with. I do think that the principal of Butler high school would be a great replacement for our current head of education in Mecklenburg County, because he's the first one that's even suggested a good solution to the problem. Yeah, it does strike me as somewhat unique in its response that somehow, uh, and, and that's kind of, I mean, that's kind of disappointing it, that, that somehow it's taken this long for somebody to come up with an idea that is as simple and obvious as, hey, if you're going to record these fights, then you're going to get in trouble too. Um, well, abs- well, absolutely, not to mention the danger that's involved. These students just don't understand, of course, danger at their age, right. and that's part of the problem. And then, of course, we know that they're probably not getting sufficient instruction at home, um, you know, to to how and how to deal with uh, with conflict. And then, you know, also, I mean, conflict resolution is good, and it's a first step, but it also trying to get humanity in general to to change is is a big step and we all know what the root causes of things are and trying to get people to understand that it doesn't matter you know when that we we're all not all together alike and that we're different It, it it's just so much that could be done to educate students and people along those lines and i wish they would do those steps that would help people understand each other versus just, oh, well, let's just put more police and let's just 
but da da da. I, I I don't think the the that will help the underlying situation. But listen, I'm driving, and thanks for taking my call. All right, thank you, Martha. Yeah, appreciate it. Um, if only there was, I don't know, some sort of a structure of ideas, sort of like I don't know, maybe like a philosophy, like an overarching philosophy that we could teach people that was, you know, generally good, right? Like that, I don't know, encouraged the best of us. I mean, this would have to be outside of government, like, like, like a separation of government or separation of the state and this other thing. And this other thing then could like provide guidance, teach life lessons, imbue people with certain characteristics and, and character traits, right? Encourage these things in the society. I don't know. I'm just, these are just ideas I have. I don't know what to do with them. Creating a team to implement a tool. That's what we're going to do instead. Look, I mean, I, all right. So I recognize I, I, I am, I am very fluent in sarcasm. I recognize that. And sometimes not everybody uh, picks up on the nuance of my uh, sarcasm, so I will just be clear here. I will make the point that the breakdowns that we see in our society could be solved if people, I'm not saying you got to be Christian, I'm just saying look at what the philosophy teaches, strip away the the... Uh, supernatural components of it, right? Just get rid of that stuff. I, I, I'm not interested in debating that stuff with you. All I'm saying is if you had to come up with a code for living in a society with other people, I would venture to say that you probably couldn't come up with a better one. Now, maybe you can. Maybe you're better than God. It's possible. But maybe, just maybe, this is a this is a good one that we should... Be teaching everybody in the meantime while you're coming up with your your different plan. But see, this is part of the problem is that when people abandon faith, and I'm not look. I, if you've listened to me over the years, I'm I'm not a you know Bible thumper. I'm not a holy roller. I'm not going to be in your face on religion and all that. I am simply pointing out that we do have structures, philosophies, ideas. We we have these things already built. The infrastructure is already there. We just abandoned it. We just decided, I don't want to be like those people. I don't like those ideas. I don't like all of those things. And rather than live and let live, which is kind of how I approach people is live and let live. Like, okay, well, you want to do that? That's fine. You like that color house? I don't like that color house. Like, that's it. Oh, you want to live in an apartment and you want to live out on a ranch? Whatever. To each his own. I, I would just submit that you'd be hard-pressed to figure out a better set of rules for people to live by than the rules that we already know exist and have already been written down, like in some stones, tablets, and stuff. <laughs> They're pretty old, <laughs> right? This, But I understand for progressives, everything is about blowing up the old and instituting the new because the new is new. Even though it's really not. It's just like a century-old regurgitated and rehashed Marxism, right? It's not new, actually, at all. And if you go like go back even further, it's it, it it taps into something that's really not new, which is the focus at the center uh is man. 
right? That that we are the center of all things rather than not. So I mean, these are these are not new ideas. Yep. Apparently, we still have to keep fighting over them. That's just our uh, it's our lot in life. Like Boomer Von Cannon, he's constantly looking at traffic. He's like Sisyphus here, pushing the traffic boulder up the mountain. <laughs> That's right. It is a big chunk of rock. <laughs> it's one it big never chunk. ends. It never stops. Never. There's always traffic. It's like taxes and death. So true. That yeah. is so true. Man, there's always. That's <laughs> right. Some good job security, though. Well, yeah, think of it. Yeah, it sure is. Right. Because <laughs> I'm just, a, yeah, I'm, I'm a bad word or opinion <laughs> away from being out the door. You, on the other hand, sir, you are, uh, you're like an institution. <laughs> <laughs> News Talk, 1110-993-WBT. Han- Oops, sorry about that. Hancock's Bikes for Kids. It is tomorrow. 10 a.m. until 7 p.m. Bank of America Stadium. Come on down with your bicycle for a kid. Make sure it's a new bike. We really would like to have new bikes for kids. Drop it off. And uh, I'll be down there for a while. Hancock will be down there. Folks from WBT down there throughout the day on varying rotating shifts. So, uh, come down. We'd love to see you. And um, you can get details at WBT.com. All righty. So after a couple of weeks of a kind of, you know, saying as up to the community, it's up to the parents and like, what are we to do as the school system? What could we possibly do to keep all of the violence and the guns away? Then uh, Superintendent Ernest Winston said that it's really because of the pandemic and and, and because we locked out the schools. Uh, locked down the schools, locked out the kids, and they have uh, been, you know, doing the remote learning for all of the past year and a half, uh, and they've been experiencing trauma, that's what he said. Our students are experiencing trauma, and we as a community need to address their needs. Okay, I'm not a child psychologist or expert by any means, but I have an idea. How about suck it up? How about that? Can we try that for a while? Maybe? Like, seriously, like I'm a Gen Xer. I really, I, I really don't understand. Like, this seems to me like we're coddling people. It does. Well, kids, really. But it does. It, like, it, this seems like, it seems like the participation trophy generation is now in charge with horrific results. It's what it kind of feels like to me. Kind of, I'm kind of scared as <laughs> to what they're going to come up with. Now, they put together a meeting. Well, the DA, Spencer Merriweather, put together a, uh, a meeting of top people. Which people? Top. Who? Top people. The sheriff, the DA, and a representative for the U.S. attorney, and I guess the superintendent, Ernest Winston. And they had this meeting, and they said that the group would like to go into a school and listen to what the kids and the community has to say. Can you imagine? I mean, I don't want to play the whole, when I was a kid, you know, I, 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 I hate that. I've always hated it. And maybe this is just something that happens like after you're not a child anymore and you start comparing the way kids today <laughs> have been, are, are living and what they, uh, how they're living and what they get away with. And I cannot fathom, I cannot fathom getting into uh, fights at school and having 
the community leaders, having the district attorney, the sheriff, the superintendent, have these people, the U.S. attorney's office. And their response is, I know you guys are bringing weaponry into the schools and whipping up on each other and calling in all sorts of threats. But um, we'd like to listen to you. Can you... Can you tell us why you're doing these things and just speak to us about this stuff? No, <laughs> this would not have happened. This would not have happened in my day. I hate the way it sounds. God, I even hate the way it sounds when I say it. I hate the way that sounds, but I have to say it because there is no way on this planet that uh, when I was a kid that they would ever have let us behave like this, let alone come to us after we've behaved so poorly to turn around and say, tell us why you're behaving so poorly. They don't care. The adults would not care. These would be evens that they couldn't, all right, to speak in the lingo of the kids today. These would be, these would be the evens that they couldn't. They would not ask us. They would kick us out of school. They would say, okay, the rest of your life is just now over. <laughs> like, that was it. <laughs> that would be it. But no, no. Now we're going to have a meeting. And the meeting resulted in a conversation. And they want to have more conversations now with young people. And they want to create a team to implement a tool for middle and high school students to report incidents anonymously. They want to double the number of random safety screenings in secondary schools. Another idea. Contacting screening equipment manufacturers about metal detectors and wands. Notice they don't say let's get them. They're just saying we're going to contact some manufacturers and we'll see what they have to say. Uh, okay, about what? What like the pricing? Also, speaking to city and county partners to share strategies like alternatives to violence program. And then here is the quote from Merriweather. The DA, in his interview with The Observer, quote, All our kids are reeling from 19 months of instability from the pandemic. A lot of social networks have broken down. A lot of support for our children has fallen to the wayside. We are seeing the results of that. Okay. Is there some conclusion that we can draw about the lockdowns of the schools? Is there something we can say? Is there something, some, I don't know, assessment? Let's think it through, people. Can we draw a conclusion about whether or not the lockdowns of the schools were effective or not? If now you've got the DA and the superintendent both agreeing to the talking point that it was the pandemic that caused all of this, I want to know who made the call to lock down the schools, who kept them going in perpetuity, and I would like to ask them, do they agree? I would like to hear this debate between the people who think that those were the cause of all the weaponry and the violence and those who say that it didn't. We need to know what is the truth. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Joining me now is Congressman Dan Bishop from North Carolina's 9th District, or is it anymore? Is it the 9th District? Congressman Bishop, how are you? Hey, good yeah. to be with you. It, uh, it, uh, I was thinking about how to answer the question. It, uh is it well? I guess it's the ninth district for yeah. a long time now, but it's now the eighth. Eighty-five percent of the district that was the ninth will be the eighth this time around. But you can't file yet. Did you know that? If you were trying to go down, if that was on the agenda for today to go down and file for 
uh, <laughs> office, you cannot file. The Court of Appeals says no filing. So that is the big news, and I uh, arranged the schedule. I'm going back to Washington, delayed the flight so that I could go down. You know, the way it works for Congress, Pete, is you have to go get your local residency and registration certified by the county board of elections, and then it has to go to Raleigh. And we decided to send ours by the, uh, like, overnight mail or something. But uh, but I just learned uh, since that has been sent (laughs) off that that the Court of Appeals has suspended filing. Right. So I guess it's still the ninth district. I don't even know. I, I just, with, (laughs) I just, you know, I wait for Mark Elias to tell us what's okay. That's really, I think the way to go. Uh, Just let Mark Elias. Mark Elias is the wizard of the universe, (laughs) the democratic lawyer, national lawyer. And he tells us whether we can have elections and when. Right. And he's, yeah, not focusing on, I went over this earlier. He's not focused on what New Mexico and Maryland, that they've drawn maps up in those states that uh, completely get rid of every single Republican federal office holder. Uh, he's nowhere to be found on the ground in either of those states. Undisturbed by those developments. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, well, let's, um, where do you want to start? Uh, we've got a couple different things to talk about. I, well, let me start here. The other day I had yeah. uh, one of your colleagues, uh, Congressman uh, Richard Hudson, on. And when after I did, I noticed people started asking me about this vaccine this vaccine federal piece of legislation that 80 republicans had signed on to and they were asking him about that and i admit i i did not ask him i did not know that this this bill had passed what exactly is this bill are you aware of it oh i certainly am and i have great respect for my colleague richard hudson but i think he got this one wrong and it is a bill that uh, and I'm hearing a little echo in my ear, so it's, I'm having to hard pay attention. I think it's a Bluetooth thing. But this bill was passed on what we call the suspension kil- uh, suspension calendar, Pete, and that means we suspend the rules and pass. These are bills that uh, they're usually innocuous, not very uh, unusual or controversial. It requires 290 votes to pass one. And there were 294 votes, and 80 of those votes were Republicans. So Republicans passed that bill, and what it, it does is to uh, – uh, let's see if I can – I got it in front of me. The, it, it, it tells the Secretary of Health and Human Services and the CDC to conduct activities to expand, enhance, and improve immunization information systems that are administered by health departments of states, localities across the country, and to award grants or agreements for that. But if you look further into the bill, it does things like uh, improving the secure bidirectional exchange of data about immunizations between the states and the federal government and uh, I think it's it's exactly it's in, it's totally inconsistent with the ideas that most Republicans have supported, which is that vaccine mandates are wrong, and therefore the government, the federal government, having the ability to conduct surveillance as to who's taking the vaccine is not something we should be assisting. So I voted against that bill, as did 130 Republicans. Is there is there a case to be made that? Uh, look, we want, you know, the data collection, especially with a new virus, we need data collection to be uh, fast and uh, accurate uh, and, and shared among all of the different agencies. And if we, I don't know, mask the 
the you know the identities of the patients and all of that like then is is there a benefit is there a, i mean was there a case like this made at the time there was little said about it it was i mean they had a floor debate that afternoon i didn't see the floor debate that afternoon it has not been something that a lot of people were paying close attention to i think and right. that would be the case that those who have supported it have offered and they have suggested that there's no hazard but i read some of the language in the bill it does talk about uh, transferring data to the federal government why does the cdc need north carolina's vaccine or immunization database data for equity i, I believe that's a, a case of federal overreach and the way people feel these days about not trusting how the federal government's going to use their private data or protect it I don't think that it's something the federal government should be doing or that we should be spending $400 million for that purpose. Yeah. It's probably just for equity, though. That's all. That's it. <laughs> so, no doubt about it. You mentioned the suspension calen- uh, calendar. That was, uh, I think that's the whole year for some schools at CMS. That's... Oh, I'm kidding. I kid. Um, let me get to, let me get to the, um, uh, the Attorney General, Merrick Garland. Um, well, I kind of feel good about him not being on the Supreme Court at this point, but... Um, no kidding. Right? Uh, so, threat tagging. Um, I go back and forth on this. Like, on the one hand, is this just an internal code that they're using in the event that they catch some, you know, proud boys who are communicating threats to the local school board? Uh, or is this, like you said, is this another example of federal overreach, this in the case of... Uh, parents going down and yelling at school boards, and all of a sudden the FBI is now super, super interested because this, uh, the Association of School Boards sent the letter, and Merrick Garland was like, uh, yes, of course, we'll totally look into all of these allegations. And then they create this this tag, uh, what was it called, like uh, edu protest or something like that. And, and so, like, is this... Is this just a, a coding thing, or is this is this really cause for concern? It's either totally trivial, almost so much so that you can't believe they would send an email out across the country, or it's frightening. And so let me get at it. Uh, the body of the FBI, the part of the FBI that sent that email is the Counterterrorism Division. That's that's amazing. The, the counterterrorism division of the FBI needs to be involved in uh, keeping up or keeping tabs on parents protesting school board meetings. Really, that that's the concern. And presumably, what the counterterrorism division is operating are terrorism databases. And so they're talking about making some kind of entry in that. And as you said, threat tagging. If all they're doing is giving instructions for when somebody calls the FBI and wants to complain about a mom or a dad uh, shouting at a school board, here's the database code you use for recording the telephone call or or putting the telephone call on the list, then maybe that's the way it's innocuous. If that's the case, why would the attorney general take his time to direct the FBI nationwide to engage in or get involved in this issue. So the attorney general did appear before Congress, talked a little bit about uh, uh, this guy, you know, was responding to the criticism from Republicans on, uh, on this matter. Do you expect him back in front of the Congress at any point soon? Are you aware of any return visit where he may be called to ask uh, or answer about some of these questions? 
We've been going after Jerry Nadler, the chairman of the Judiciary Committee, for that to happen because that memo that went out about threat-tagging these uh, protests, that information should have been in my hands when I had a chance to ask Merrick Garland questions the first time, and it wasn't. Because I'd asked the FBI for, or the Department of Justice for that information. They did not provide it. And then he sat there and said that he didn't know what the, the DOJ was doing to further his memorandum saying this threat needed to be attended to. Uh, and, in fact, if he didn't know, I could have informed him. Then I could have asked him, asked him about exactly what we're speculating over here. Mm-hmm. What is the counterterrorism division doing exactly? Um, does Nadler return your calls? Does he take your calls? <laughs> Usually the best way to go about it, Pete, is to just yell at him in an open meeting. Ah, oh, there, but... there you go. That's one way to do it. Uh, all right, and real quick, uh, did you get an invitation to uh, uh, the vice president's visit to Charlotte and uh, the transportation secretary? And there was a rendition of the wheels on the bus uh, that you may have been I able heard. to participate in. <laughs> My wife was asking exactly that thing. The bill is called the Bipartisan Infrastructure Package. But amazingly, even though I represent Mecklenburg County, as does Alan Adams, I did not get the invitation to join the vice president at the event. Shocking. Completely shocking. Yes. Uh, So build back better, because they did talk about how you're going to get all this money in Charlotte, yay us, and then there's there's a whole bunch of more money, which I guess is already cleared out of the House. Right now, you're just uh, there. We're all just waiting to see. If uh, Joe Manchin and Kristen Cinema, uh, if they're willing to, you know, save the republic, I guess is that is that where we stand? Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> the Build Back Broke bill, I believe, is what we call it. And yeah, they they uh, if they're not impressed enough by the price at the pump and the price in the grocery store, the massive inflation everybody's encountering that is hurting families, they're ready to go. Yet they're double down, triple down, quadruple down, and. I fear it. We're we're doing everything we can to fight it, but it's up to Joe Manchin and, and Cinema, as you said. Yeah. Uh, well, far be it for me to suggest you should spend your free time hanging out with me. But if you do around the holidays want to come on into the studio, happy to have you for a longer form discussion like we used to have. I know this is uh, radio, so it's fast. Um, so if you want to come on in, always happy to have you. And uh, Merry Christmas. I guarantee we'll do it. Next All right. Merry Christmas yeah, to you and your family and uh, travel well, sir. Likewise, Pete. All right, that, that is Congressman Dan Bishop from the 9th Congressional District slash the 8th Congressional District, kind of both. But he hasn't been able to file yet because the Court of Appeals said no filing today, even though it was supposed to start today. Thanks again to Congressman Dan Bishop for joining me. I always, I always ask him to come in because when I was doing the podcast, I would have like an hour-long conversation. <laughs> And I could ask, like, all of these different follow-up questions, like, because he would say something, and I could say, oh, really? How so? Explain that. And we go into, like, the philosophical and legal underpinnings of a particular position. And, I mean, I found it fascinating. I don't know about any of the audience, but, I mean, as long as I was, you know, interested, I feel like that's all that mattered. Um, <laughs> Will, welcome to the program. Hello, Will. How are you? Good afternoon, Pete. I am well, thank you. I know you're well. Hey, first, 
First, let me uh, start by uh, thanking you for the information that you give to us and the educational and entertaining way which you present it. Well, it's very kind. I really kind. appreciate that. Are you angling for a uh, for a promo slot here? Are you trying to get on a promo? <laughs> no, but it sounds pretty cool. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, is the Kona Cre- Creativity up? Can I spitball freely? It is. Spit away. Okay. So, I got a suggestion. Why don't we treat education like we treat driving as a privilege? I believe the state constitution says the state has to provide an education. We don't have to force them to show up. Right. Okay, so... If you don't want to live by the rules of the school, get your butt out and go get a job. Let's see how the real world treats you. Well, you know me. I am all about solutions. It sounds like you have stumbled upon a solution here. So... I think we also should lower the labor law ages and the military age and say, you either get a job or you get in the military. If you want to bring guns around and you've got aggression, you need to be shooting. We got some people over in the Middle East that we can point you towards. Well, that that's that 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 might not be. It, that's a bit extreme. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That it's that might be kind of racisty. So we'll just say just anywhere in the world, and you start shooting. Yeah, any of our enemies. Yeah, there yeah, yeah. Go. Yeah, because I mean, why should Russia escape this kind of uh, infiltration? Really? You see what yeah, they're doing uh, in Ukraine? It's yeah, kind of scary. Yeah, yeah. So we can throw them at the Russians. Which, by the way, the Russians are in today's day and age. They really are the last safe enemy for Hollywood to depict. So we can't take hey, them completely off the that, Yeah, They're going to start picking on you for no books of women and everything else. You can't say <laughs> Russia's our enemy. <laughs> That's true. That's true. The 1980s called. They want their foreign policy back. Um, so I like the, uh, <laughs> I, I, I like the idea. But all right, so in, but in seriousness, because I have a, a, an email from uh, Dean who says uh, something kind of similar. Uh, as the young adults fight, we should take the parents, no matter how many they have, and arrest and fine them for every offense and throw all of the parents in jail after three fights. So if you're so if, if you're the student, Will, and I'm your parent, if you get into three fights at school, then I'm going to jail. Well, I actually have a different view of that because I have personal experience with this. Are you aware the state of North Carolina says at the age of 16, a child can leave your home at any time? But you can't deny their re-entry until they're 18 years old. Interesting. They've got two years that they can come and go as they please. They can even sneak out the window at 1 o'clock in the morning, and the cops can't do anything about it. Well, I thought that's why they made... the labor laws, lower the military age, and say if you opt not to take the privilege of going to an education, you become an adult and you face consequences on your own. Hmm. How about this? I think we can solve all of this with one thing. And I'm going to call it a rite of passage age, right? Like, the, here's the problem. You have all these different ages, because I was not aware of what you just said about the 16 versus 18 years old, although I thought that's why they put bars on windows. That was to keep the kids from getting in. I thought that was the point. Of those. But, I tried that, too, and I uh, almost got in trouble because it's illegal. <laughs> so how about a rite of passage age? We say, ooh, we could call it a rite of passage. And... 16. It would be the Rite of Passage Act. And at 16 years old, you are now on your own, adult, do whatever you want. Laws apply to you. You can vote. You can drink. You can, uh, you know, buy the vaping products, like all of that, right? Everything. It's now like like th- this, this phased in adulthood is, to me, 
um, it, it's creating the problems. I, it's too, it, it creates impatience among the kids. This way, it's like 16. If then they can leave your house, uh, then they can leave your house. If they don't want to go to school anymore, they don't have to go to school anymore. They get in trouble. It's on them. Rite of passage. I think we're on to something. Thank you, Will. I appreciate the suggestion because you know me. I am all about solutions. Every single day. Um, Dean says if we don't uh, jail the parents, they all end up in jail. Society is much better off. Uh, so here's the problem. Uh now you're just cutting out the school part of the school-to-prison pipeline, and then that's just a prison pipeline. That's like a birth-to-prison pipeline. That doesn't sound good.